0: One of your neighbors, I am glad to be sitting next to you this morning. Go. All right, so you can go ahead and have a seat. The psalmist said, I was glad to me when they said, Let us go into the house of the Lord. It is such a blessing to be able to worship God together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God is worthy of all our praise. And we certainly have much to be thankful for in regards to the Lord and his work in and through our lives. It's exciting for us to know that God loves us, God's at work in us, and God has something to say to us this morning that's best for us and for those around us. God wants to bless us this morning and use us as a blessing to others around us. And so that's exactly uh, what. We're going to continue seeking the Lord, His blessing, so that we can be a blessing to those around us, even those who are sitting right next to us in these moments. Open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 5. We are continuing to unpack God's truth for our lives and relationships in our series through the juicy fruit of the Spirit. I want to thank Pastor John for doing a fantastic job last week teaching about the fruit of goodness. I like John's definition of goodness, doing the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. What a great definition of goodness. God is our good God. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 68, You are good and you do what is good. Teach me your statutes. This is exciting, encouraging news for you and for me because we are not good in and of ourselves. Apostle Paul reminded us of this truth in Romans chapter 3 when he quoted the psalmist and told us there is no one righteous, there is no one who does good, not even one. As Christ followers, we rejoice that we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. We are new creations in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen? And so we know, as Paul shared in Philippians chapter 1, he said, I'm sure of this, that he who started the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The good work God started in us is the work of salvation. We placed our faith in Christ Jesus. The good work that God is carrying on to completion in us is the good work of sanctification. God has set us apart, sanctified us. He set us apart in Jesus To make us holy like Jesus, to make us more like Jesus, to use us in special service for Jesus. God is transforming each one of us, even in these moments, to be more and more like Jesus. Therefore, we can rejoice because we know when things are going well for us, God is good. When things aren't going well for us, God is good. When we don't understand what's going on with us, God is good. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And so we see this in Scripture. We see this in the testimony of our lives. Paul continued in Galatians 5 and verse 22, and he wrote, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. God wants to speak to us. In these moments about faithfulness. The original Greek word, pistis, is translated in the New Testament. Faith, faithful, faithfulness. Faith is most often used in Scripture, certainly in the New Testament, to speak to the assurance, the belief, the conviction of the truth about God. Namely, that God exists, that God is who He says He is, that Jesus is the Son of God, that we have a relationship with God by faith in Jesus, that salvation is the gift of God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, and we'll spend eternity with God in heaven through that relationship we have with God by faith in Jesus. As the writer of Hebrews told us, now faith is the reality, the assurance, the substance of what is hoped for, the proof, the conviction, the evidence. Of what is not seen. Paul wrote about the importance of faith and faithfulness throughout Galatians. As we've been studying through Galatians in this year, we've seen this throughout the book of Galatians. If you look in Galatians 2, You maybe just have to turn one page. But in Galatians 2, verses 15 and 16, Paul said, We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. And yet because we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Say that with me out loud. But by faith in Jesus Christ, even we ourselves have believed in Christ Jesus. This was so that we might be justified by faith in Christ And not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no human being will be justified. We're declared right with God, by God, through faith in Jesus, not by works. And so, to put it simply for us this morning, faith means a belief in God. Faith means to believe in God. Faithfulness means behavior through God. Faith speaks to a belief in God. Faithfulness speaks to behavior through God. Our faith in God leads to faithfulness through God. We enter a relationship with God by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, which opens the way then for the Holy Spirit, who takes residence in us at the moment of our salvation, to begin producing the fruit of the Spirit, which includes faithfulness in us. And so our faith in God leads to faithfulness through God. Faithfulness for the purposes of our time together and for what Paul is referring to here in the fruit of the Spirit means dependability, means loyalty, means reliability and trustworthiness. So as we talk about faithfulness this morning, I want your mind to focus in on maybe one or two of of these uh, synonyms for faithfulness, dependability, loyalty, reliability, trustworthiness. Faithfulness means others can believe in me, depend on me, and trust in me because of God's work in me. Faithfulness means to be men and women of our word. It means to be men and women of our word. Faithfulness means to be loyal to God and loyal to others, which as you remember through our study through Galatians, happens to be the very thing that the believers in these churches in Galatea that Paul was writing to were struggling with. They were struggling with the fruit of faithfulness. They had turned away from God and from Paul, and they were following the false teachers. And so, as Paul spoke to them about the fruit of the Spirit, he was making special note to them, and they would have received this and understood what he was saying as he shared, but the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. God produces faithfulness in us as we walk by the Spirit. And so we know God is at work in us as followers of Jesus Christ this morning, and he is producing his fruit of the Spirit in us, all the different fruit of the Spirit. We've shared that they all grow and go together. But in particular, he's going to hone in and focus with you and with me in these moments on this particular fruit of faithfulness. So let's look at this fruit of faithfulness from a few different perspectives, a couple of points that we can understand this fruit of faithfulness That we see here in this passage, and then we're going to look at how we can apply it uh, and how it is to be fleshed out in our lives. First point is faithfulness is from God. Faithfulness begins with God because God is faithful. We see this emphasized throughout Scripture. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful, for you were called by him into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we know God is faithful. He saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. The psalmist said in Psalm 145 and verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule is for all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his actions. God is always and altogether faithful, dependable, reliable, and trustworthy, and all he is, all he says, and all he does. There is nothing and there is no one who can alter the faithfulness of God, and that is a great treasure and blessing for you and me. There is nothing and there is no one who can alter the faithfulness of God. So we know this morning when things are going well for us, God is faithful. When things aren't going well for us, God is faithful. When we don't understand what is going on with us, God is faithful. When we don't like what is happening with us or to us, God is faithful. When we don't like what others are saying to us, or even at points in time requiring of us, we know that our God is faithful. He is faithful to us. And so we rejoice in this first point. Faithfulness is from God. Now I want us to look at just four ways that we benefit from God's faithfulness. Four ways from Scripture, and we could certainly have listed many other ways, but I want us to, to hone in for just a few moments on these four ways that we benefit uh, from God's faithfulness to us. And so I'm going to share a Scripture with each, and so you may want to get ready to jot these down. They'll be on the screen. Four ways that we benefit from God's faithfulness. Number one, God is faithful to make us more like Jesus. Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 and 24, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and he will do it. God is faithful to save us and God is faithful to sanctify us. God is faithful to set us apart. God is faithful to make us holy in Christ Jesus. God is faithful to make us more like Christ Jesus as we wait and watch for the return of Christ Jesus. And so we know that God is faithful to make us more like Jesus. I can't make myself more like Jesus, but I know God can make me more like Jesus. And I rejoice that he can make me more like Jesus, and he's faithful to continue his work in me of making me more like Jesus. And the same is true for you. Secondly, God is faithful to forgive us. John told us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can all certainly rejoice in the faithfulness of God to forgive us. Amen? What a blessing. As we confess our sins, On a day-by-day basis, God is faithful. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He restores us. And he continues his work in, through, and around us. Oh, how we need the faithfulness of God at work in our lives. How we need the forgiveness of God in our lives. As Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to continually pray on a regular basis as his kids that God would forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We desperately need God's forgiveness. And so we know that God is faithful to make us more like Jesus. He's faithful to forgive us our sins. Another great way we benefit from God's faithfulness is third, God is faithful to give us a way out of temptation. And we can all shout hallelujah for this one. He is faithful to give us a way out of temptation. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you were able. But with every temptation, he will provide a way out so that you will be able to bear it. What does that mean? It means this. God is faithful to give us an escape route out of every temptation we face on a daily basis. That is phenomenal news. Because as you and I can readily agree, I think it's obvious that we are bombarded with temptation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I mean, that temptation comes in every shape, size, and form. And God is faithful to give us an escape out of every one of those temptations. Our challenge is to take it. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. Our challenge is to take that escape route out. We see the heroes, the men and women in Scripture face this challenge. I think of two in particular that speaks to this point. Our Old Testament friend David, as he stepped outside this palace room, he was enjoying the evening, and then as he glanced and looked down, he saw Bathsheba as she was bathing. God gave him an escape route out of that temptation. Real simple, real easy. Do an about-face and get in, side. You know, the story probably shouldn't even have been there. His army was at war, and he was back home. So he had other issues going on. But that look turned to a longing, which turned to living in sin. He didn't take the escape route out, as we all know. He gave in. Yet, we see in Scripture that God was still able to use him. He forgave him. He used him. He said, Dave is a man after my own heart. Then we see our Old Testament friend Joseph. Joseph is a young man in Potiphar's house in Egypt. And old Miss Potiphar kept coming after him and after him and after him. She really liked the way Joseph looked. And we know that she made an advance and she grabbed a hold of Joseph and wanted Joseph for herself, for her own enjoyment. And Joseph took the escape route out of temptation. What was that escape route out of temptation? Run! And that's exactly what that young man did. Without a stitch of clothes on, he ran. He got out. And we know where that led, to time in prison, because of the lies of Miss Potiphar. But yet we also know where that led, which is to the second in position over the entire kingdom of Egypt at that point in time. He took the escape route out. And so we see in Scripture other testimonies of the men and women of this word. And they would say the same thing to us this morning. Yes, God is faithful to give us an escape route out of temptation. But we've got to take it. We've got to walk by the Spirit and take that escape route out. Fourth, God is faithful to protect us. I love what Paul said to the believers in Thessalonica. I said in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, and the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you against the evil one, from the evil one. We know that God will protect us from our enemy, Satan, and the lies, accusations, and temptations that are designed to steal, kill, and destroy us. He will help protect us from our enemy. We all know the reality of spiritual warfare as followers of Jesus Christ." We understand and realize that Satan is at work on us. He wants to discourage and defeat us, distract us from the Lord. He is constantly at work on us, but we also know that God is at work in us, that we are sealed, we are safe, we are secure in Christ Jesus. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. We are victors in Christ, overcomers in Christ, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus greater is he who's in us than he who is in this world and so we know on a day by day basis God he's faithful to make us more like Jesus he's faithful to forgive us when we stumble trip and fall and turn away from him and sin against him he's faithful to get us back up and provide us an escape out of temptation that's going to certainly come our way on a day by day basis and he's also faithful to protect us from the evil one who is trying to use those temptations to devour and to destroy us to discourage and to distract us from God and from one another. Our God is faithful. We benefit from his faithfulness in so many ways. We can rejoice in God's faithfulness to to us in Christ Jesus, and we can rely on God's faithfulness to us in Christ Jesus. God is faithful. The second point we see that stems from this is faithfulness is uh, pleasing to God. Faithfulness begins with God. It's from God. And faithfulness is pleasing to God. We know Hebrews eleven six tells us, without faith it is impossible for us to please God. Because who, so one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It is impossible for us. We cannot please God apart from faith in God. Can't do it. Like what one Bible scholar said, said God honors faith because faith honors God. And there's great truth in that simple statement. God honors faith because faith honors God. You know, the world says you have to see in order to believe. God says you have to believe in order to see. Faithfulness is pleasing to God. You know, God has given us all the evidence we could ever need to believe in him. You talk about evidence. We've got all the evidence we could ever need to believe in him in Scripture, in creation, in history, in archaeology, in the sciences, in the person and work of Jesus Christ, God's Son, and in our own testimony of how God has radically changed us by his grace Through our faith in Christ Jesus. We have so much evidence on our side that it is easier to believe in God than it is not to believe in God. And the more and more and more those who are opposed to God and opposition to God, living in rebellion rebellious God, try to prove that there is no God, they continue to come up with findings and findings that point to the reality that we know there is a God. We see this happening even today. There's all kinds of evidence for us to believe in God. And faith is pleasing to God. We truly understand that those who do not believe in God have truly, as scripture says, have their eyes and minds blinded to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And so we understand faith is pleasing to God and us, and faith is a reflection of God. Through us, this fruit of faithfulness enables and empowers us, you and me, to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy in our relationship with God and with others. The fruit of faithfulness allows us to be faithful, dependable, loyal, reliable, trustworthy in our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another, and all those that God places around us. Faithfulness was a high honor. It was a compliment that was bestowed on many in God's Word. You think with me about Hebrews chapter 11, God's hall of faith, if you look through Hebrews chapter 11, you will read in Hebrews chapter 11 all about the faithfulness of many of the men and women of Old Testament and New Testament saints that have gone before us. And you'll hear, as it's recorded there in Hebrews chapter 11, about their faithfulness. Paul, in his letters, told us, in particular, and he was specific and he was general with this compliment of faithfulness. And faithfulness. He was particular in the sense that he told us that Tychicus, Onesimus, and Epaphras, in particular, were faithful. That's what he called them. So, how he described those men, that they were faithful co workers, co laborers in the Lord's work. But then he also was general and he described many of the believers in the local churches that he planted and ministered to as faithful believers faithfully seeking after the Lord. These believers, specific in general, that Paul mentioned, the believers we see and read about in Hebrews chapter 11, all throughout God's word, were dependable, reliable, and trustworthy. To believe in God and obey God. And that's exactly what God wants for us. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to be faithful, dependable, loyal, reliable, and trustworthy. To believe in him and to walk in obedience to him as he continues his work in, through, and around us. And so we know faithfulness is from God. Faithfulness is pleasing to God. The third point is faithfulness is produced in us by God. Faithfulness is produced in us by God. As you know, as we've seen here in Galatians chapter 5, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a work of the flesh. Paul listed the works of the flesh for us and. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verses 19 through 22. And then he began in verse, with verse 22, verses 19 through 21 of the works of the flesh. And then in verse 22, he started with the fruit of the Spirit. And so he shared with us that faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a work of the flesh. We know and we understand that, that there's a constant tug of war a constant spiritual tug of war going on within each of us between our flesh and the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. There's a battle that rages between and in, inside each of us between these two, our flesh and the Spirit. And so we see Paul told us that the Spirit desires what is against the flesh and the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. They're opposed to each other. So therein is the tug of war. They're not pulling together, they're pulling apart. And so if we choose to walk by the flesh, we will indulge our flesh. What does that mean? It means we will do what we want rather than what God wants. But if we walk by the Spirit, we will follow the Spirit. What does that mean? It means we will do what God wants, not what we want. And so we have this tug of war, and therefore we understand faithfulness is produced in us by God. Faithfulness is supernatural. I cannot make myself faithful, dependable, reliable, and trustworthy to follow God and to obey God and trustworthy and faithful in my relationship with God and one another and all those that God's placed. I mean, I can't do that in them myself. I can't produce faithfulness and you can't either in our thoughts, our best efforts or our good works on our best day. We can't. It's supernatural. It's produced in us by God. What am I good at? What am I naturally going to do? I'm going to walk by the flesh. And that's the same for you. That's how we walk. That's how we live in this, this, this flesh that we still have and we still battle with. That's so why we're able to rejoice that when God saved us, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. So that we now have an opportunity to walk by the Spirit. We can say no to the flesh. We can resist the flesh. We can walk by the Spirit. And the Spirit, as we walk by the Spirit, produces faithfulness in us. And it is the Holy Spirit of God that helps me to be dependable, loyal, reliable, and trustworthy to live for God and to obey God and to do all that He wants me to do. And the same is true for you. And so we see God is producing His faithfulness in us. He wants you and me to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy to put his word into action in our lives. Because he knows it's best for us and for our families and and all those around us. So what is our application? Where where do we go from here? What do we take from here? Well, our application, as we've seen in this mini-series on the fruit of the Spirit, is simple. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. What does walking by the Spirit means? It means to depend on God. It means to walk in surrender and obedience to God. As we walk by the Spirit, as we depend on God, as we surrender and obey God, then God produces faithfulness in us. As we walk by the Spirit, God empowers us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to hone in on just a few points, and uh, then we'll be finished, and we'll spend this time responding to the Lord. Uh, in our response to him in just a few moments, but I want you to see three key points that relate to God's work in us as individuals, but God's work in us as a church family as well. Number one, the fruit of faithfulness fuels our giving to God. The fruit of faithfulness fuels our giving to God. God, by his spirit in us, produces faithfulness. Faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness, helps us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy to give generously to God. God is the owner of all we have and all we are. Everything we have and everything we are is from God. He is the owner, we are his stewards, and we are his managers. God is the owner of all. He's the one who gives us the air to breathe, the strength, the minds to do what we do, to work, to provide for ourselves and our families. And God wants us to follow his example of giving generously to us by giving generously to him. God even spoke through Paul and said, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. God is a generous giver, and he wants us to follow his example. As we walk by the Spirit, this fruit of faithfulness will help us to follow his example and be generous givers. As Christ followers as we grow in Christ, we begin learning more and more that giving is living and living is giving for us, as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. And so we know this to be true for us individually, but also to be true for us as a church family. Many of you over the recent months have noticed and even asked us the question, what's going on? with our giving to God as a church family. What's happening in regards to our faithfulness to give as a church family? Because you've seen, noticed, and asked the question, we are about $200,000 behind in our year-to-date giving from last year. as compared to this year. And you've asked the question, what does this mean? I can give you a few simple answers. What does this mean? It means we're not hitting God's mark when it comes to faithfulness to give generously to God. It means we're obviously not spending what we don't have. It means we're not doing all that God's called us to do in ministry. We're not doing all that God wants us to do, all that God's called us to do in ministry as a church family to those here close around us and those far away from us. It also means that we are planning to limit ministry, to make changes and reductions as we move forward. It also means that Satan is rejoicing because he's found a foothold in this area of our church family, and he's real excited about it, and he's enjoying this brief moment of success that he's having. Now, I want you to know I believe we will respond, and I believe we as a church family will display the fruit of faithfulness to give generously to God moving forward because we have displayed the fruit of faithfulness to give generously to God in the past. And so I have every confidence that it's going to continue from this point moving forward. God wants us as individuals, as families, but also as a church family to excel in the grace and faithfulness of giving generously to him. And the good news is we can't outgive God. We can't. The truth is, when you really look at scripture, there's one area where God challenges us. There's really only one. And he actually challenges us to get into a giving contest with him. He challenges us to test him in the area of giving. Basically, he says, Let's go, try me. And watch what happens. Because it is impossible to outgive God. Does God need our money? No. Does God want our money? No. No. God wants our hearts. And he knows that our hearts are connected to our accounts and to our wallets. And so he challenges us in this area of giving. The fruit of faithfulness fuels our giving to God. The fruit of faithfulness fuels our growing in God. God wants us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember, we don't grow ourselves, God grows us. God, as we walk by the Spirit, produces faithfulness in us. This faithfulness helps us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy, to spend time in God's Word, to spend time in prayer throughout the week, to spend time in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, to spend time drawing near to God in worship of God, to spend time and to take the way out of temptation that God gives us, to turn away from the things we need to turn away from, to not look at the things Things we don't need to look at, to not say the things we don't need to say, to not go the places we don't need to go, to not do the things we don't need to do. He helps us. This fruit of faithfulness fuels our spiritual growth. It helps us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy. When we don't feel like it, when we're tired, when we're frustrated, when we're exhausted, man, this fruit of faithfulness, as we walk by the Spirit, man, God fuels through that faithfulness. He drives us back to our knees. He drives us to his word so that we might continue to grow in our faith in him. The more we grow in God, the more we want to grow in God. The more we want to give to God, the more we want to go for God. Third, the fruit of faithfulness fuels our going for God. This fruit of faithfulness helps us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy, to go as ministers and witnesses for God. God wants us to be his ministers and witnesses the congregations he's placed around us. And so he places this fruit of faithfulness and he produces faithfulness in us because he wants us to be dependable, reliable, and trustworthy, to bless those he places around us, to bear with one another, to comfort one another in our times of suffering and sorrow and loss, to encourage one another, to forgive one another, to help one another. God helps us to be faithful, to look out for one another's interests, To listen to one another, to love one another, to minister to one another, to pray with and for one another. God produces his faithfulness in us to help us to be dependable and reliable, to serve one another through love, to point others to Jesus, to serve others like Jesus, to tell others about Jesus. Listen, faithfulness does not mean being perfect in our walk with Jesus. Faithfulness means being passionate about our walk with Jesus. And faithfulness means being persistent in our walk with Jesus. God wants faithfulness from us. And so God produces faithfulness in us. All he asks is to walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Let me have my way in you. Walk by the Spirit. Believe in me. Trust in me. I'm God. I know what I'm doing. Walk by the Spirit. And as we walk by the Spirit, He produces His faithfulness in us so that it can be displayed through us and enjoyed by all those who are around us. So what does God want for us this morning? Well, I believe God's asking us a few questions this morning as we focus in on walking by the Spirit today and this week. He's asking us a few questions. I think these are questions include, am I showing faithfulness, God? Am I giving to you? God, am I showing faithfulness, the fruit of faithfulness Am I growing in you? God, am I showing the fruit of faithfulness? Am I going for you? Let's renew our commitment to walk by the Spirit so that this fruit of faithfulness will empower us to be dependable, reliable trustworthy to believe in God to walk in obedience to God and to be used by God as His ministers as His witnesses to all those God's placed around us let me ask you to bow in prayer this is a time of opportunity for us just to respond to the Lord our worship team is going to come and they're going to lead in response of worship this time is truly for you and for me those of us here in person those online as the holy spirit has spoken to us now we turn our minds attention and our hearts affection to the lord and as he now searches our hearts and our minds we look to him and we listen for him to minister to us, and then we respond in obedience to what he has to say. Our pastors and ministers will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have a need, a care, a concern, they would love to do that. They would love to introduce you to Jesus as well. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you, my brother and sister in Christ, to to allow the Spirit to speak and to move and to work and to, to pinpoint those areas in your life where, where maybe He's wanting this faithfulness to, to, take on greater importance. Maybe God's calling you to go for Him and to minister to somebody here in this room to pray for them, to pray over them. Maybe He's asking you to be faithful to go and, and be His blessing of encouragement, of comfort, I and mean, that's what it's about. Is to respond in obedience to Him. As he leads; we follow let me also encourage you if you've yet to receive this gift of salvation that we've been talking about by God's grace through faith in Jesus and I want to encourage you to make that decision this morning say yes to the Lord finally and for the, for the first time just to surrender your all to the Lord The scriptures teach us that God is perfect and, and we know we're not and, and that, that sin in our lives separates us from God and can't do anything in ourselves to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. There's not enough good works that we could ever do that would somehow outweigh and erase all the sin in our lives. And so we know we're in a position of need. We need help to get to God. And we know since God is perfect, that he made the way for us those who are imperfect, to get to him by sending his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to earth. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we are yet. He never sinned. He died on the cross in our place. He paid the price for our sin. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, Jesus rose again, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. And we now have a way to get to God, and it's through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He shed his blood for you and for me so that we could receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God. And that happens as we simply cry out to God and we confess that we're sinners, that we're separated from God, and we, we believe in Jesus, that he's our savior. We believe he died and was buried and rose again. And then we just simply... Repent from our sin. We just turn from our sin and say, God, I I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I confess my sin to you and I ask Jesus to come in, take over and take charge of my life. And he'll do just that. God is speaking. He's working. He wants us to respond in obedience to him. And so that's what we're going to do as we stand and continue worshiping the Father together. Let's stand.